Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amazon. Amazon will still look the same. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program, broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Call Jiggy right now, 267-22-Jiggy, presenting Jiggy Jaguar. And everything freezes. Uh, Welcome to it. It is the next edition of your world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast, and we have got a great guest with us today, and she joins us each and every year to discuss some of the different issues of the year, and I go to the telephones. How are you, my friend? Can you hear us? Hello? There she is. There she is. How are you, my friend? Well, I'm great, James. The connection sounds a little bit strange, but I'm doing very well, and happy holidays to you. So... Talk to us about what you've been up to lately, my friend, and then we'll get into all the various things. Well, my goodness, my schedule has been very, very busy with appearances and, of course, doing six radio shows a week. And then this year, I added a television program. That's awesome. That's awesome. My schedule has been quite an intense one, plus working with clients as well. And I know you're busy, too. So we have got the fantastic, amazing Donna Sebo with us today. Of course, uh, you can find her DelphiInternational.com, the Donna Sebo Show. And uh, she is available uh, 24-7 over there. And uh, she, uh, she is amazing, and she joins us today here on our big program. So... What were some of the more interesting things that happened this year that stuck out to you, Donna? Well, if you're talking about authors, which is what I feature on my show, as well as interacting with the public whenever they want to call in and get a reading from me, but what I have found so fascinating is the amount of shift that's occurring with people, how people are wanting to have more direct information, how the development of the intuitive processes with people is just exploding, and that there is this awareness that is very, very prominent, saying it's time for the human race to put on their adult pants, if you will, grow up and change the way they think and the way they behave. And this, I think, is just a demonstration of the evolution of thinking. And because of the technologies that have evolved and the number of interviews that I've done relative to upcoming technologies, including artificial intelligence, there is so much that's creating a dynamic of very fast-moving change. And it is happening at such a rate that people, in a way, 
wonder why it's happening so quickly. And I just think it's time for us. I think there's a lot going on globally as well as nationally and locally in our lives where we're saying we need to be more aware and in many respects more educated and ask questions and to engage critical thinking as well. So what do you, what do you think about some of the different authors that you've interviewed over this last year? I'm finding that many people are coming forward in their writing, dealing not just with the past, for example, maybe in a fictitious format. I interview people that write fiction as well as nonfiction, and there's this desire to make people aware that they have choice. And this is not something that is all that readily assumed by many, many people. And in our educational system, many times we've dumbed down the capacity of our educational process. However, at the same time, there are people that are saying, wait a minute, we need to rethink a lot of this. And a lot is coming from the senior environment of population. And they're saying it's time to pay attention to things, and we're not as backward as you think. So there's a composite thing that I see evolving, and it's affecting all generations, and I really do like what I see. I think it's very positive. I know we're inundated with how many things are bad with the world, but it often takes the negative effects to sort of hit us between the eyes, and then the human population says, excuse me, now it's time for innovation, it's time for us to make some shifts, and that is the history of people, I think, of the history of mankind overall. And it is, it's amazing how quickly many things are changing, and they're changing, I think, for the betterment of people. And I know there's a lot of individuals that would say, Donna, you don't know what you're talking about, but... When you interview over 300 people a year, as I have done for 23 years, you recognize the capacity of people and what they're capable of, the, of doing. And I am just, uh, I'm just loving what I do because it enables me to see many times what a lot of people cannot see because that is my focus. That is awesome. We have got the fantastic Donna Sebo with us today. She joins us each and every year to discuss some of the different uh, things going around and going on in the new year. So, uh, and, and you know, the new year, the, the, the year that has just ended, uh, we're heading into a presidential election year, Donna. What in the world do you think this is going to be like? Well, I think there's a composite that's going on here. I think the presidential election is going to be filled with a lot of chaos. I think the media is going to have a field day at creating adversity, and what I would say is they're going to milk it for everything that they can, bringing in contrasts which are not necessarily true, which is not unusual in politics. But I do think that there are so many people that are really engaging critical thinking. And they're saying, we're not getting facts. We want facts. 
we don't want a bunch of hype. So how do you find out the facts? I do think eventually, and this isn't going to happen with this upcoming election, eventually there is going to be a set of standards, if you will, for people that are holding positions of responsibility and leadership that they have to have their code of ethics. Now, that code of ethics has been something that's been blatantly ignored for a number of administrations, and it's involved a great many people. So I believe very strongly, and I perceive this, that there is going to be a call for accountability. And with the shifts and changes that I'm watching occurring, both in business as well as in the thinking of people, there is going to be a resurgence of wanting to really make sure that we have standards, that we are going to understand the value of law, but it's going to come from a different aspect. And believe it or not, it's going to be the younger generation that's going to be able to implement this. And that is one of the reasons why I think that there is such a demonstration on the part of those that are seniors in our population, and it's not all of them, but a great many of them that are taking the time to interact with the younger generations, teaching them that they have a right to think and to look at and question the behaviors and attitudes and processes of getting things done. And this is the challenge for the younger generation because they are going to create their own future. They're not going to create my future, but they're going to create their own. And it is a responsibility that I think is evolving. With the elections, I think there's going to be a great deal of confusion. I think people are weary of the lack of leadership that has been demonstrated, and I don't care what party affiliation you look at, they have gotten very, very sloppy. And they have not demonstrated, again, I don't care what party you're talking about, the standards of leadership that is expected, not just from our business community, but also from the, you know, the average American, as it would be described. And I'm seeing this happening around the world in different cultures. I've interviewed people from Africa, uh, from Europe, from uh, areas like Australia and South America. And it's taken us a long time, literally hundreds of years, to evolve to the positioning that we have evolved to now. So we're going through, if you will, a renaissance, a renaissance of saying it is time. But it does take not just the thinking, it takes the thinking plus action, and action with clarity, and a cooperation among people saying we have a common objective and this is what we're going to stand for. And this is, this is something that is occurring. It is occurring, and when you look at the 19th and the 20th centuries, and you look at here we are in the 21st century, you find that there are parallels that are occurring right now. But these parallels are occurring 
because it is necessary to make a shift and to make a change. And again, I'm looking at this not just from a national perspective. I am looking at it as a global perspective as well. And I think, I think it is happening. I think it is happening now, and it's being pushed forward on so many levels with a rapidness that is allowing for ingenuity, innovation that is unprecedented. And we do it in cycles, and that's what's happening now. Is it going to be an easy road? No. It's going to be a tough one because it means we have to ask ourselves as individuals, what are our standards? What do we really want to represent as people, as individuals, and also collectively as societies, as a population that today we are able to connect with each other in seconds? Our ancestors didn't have that luxury. We do have that today. But with that comes also an understanding of our responsibilities. I think all of that is coming into place, and I think it's coming into place in surprising ways, James. We have got just the incredible, incredible Donna Sebo with us today. She joins us here to talk about some of the different things that have happened this year, some of the things that could happen next year. Uh, what do you think of artificial intelligence, Donna? Well, it's like anything. It has multiple aspects to it, some of it that could be proven to be very negative. But there is a great deal that can be very positive with it, too. Remember, it's human beings that are developing this. So the very aspects that we have as humans, our frailties, our strengths, are going to be reflected in that artificial intelligence, whatever motive of, you know, it's going to be utilized for. And we're always going to have to ask ourselves, and I bring forth the word ethics again. What are the ethics? What are our standards? How are we going to be held accountable? It is with every aspect of life that we need to understand that we have responsibility. So being able to look at not just the bigger picture, but also stepping back into those little things that we do, we can make something work for us or we can make it work against us. But I think that artificial intelligence is in a very crude demonstration at this time. I do understand how people can be concerned. However, it is something that can serve us in wonderful ways. But we have to make the choice about how we will integrate it. Whenever people choose to depend totally on something and say this is the end all of end all, they're dumbing themselves down. And I say that very frankly. We have people that will say, this is the end of it, We've, we know it all, and my goodness, how many times has that been said through the centuries? There will be someone that's proclaimed as an expert that says, this is the end all of end all. Well, that's a lie. That's not true. <laughs> no, that's but a lie. <laughs> it is a lie. That's awesome. And if people buy into it and say, oh, this is great, this is absolutely marvelous, I won't ever have to worry about anything again, it doesn't take much to wake you up really quickly to realize something's failed and all of a sudden you don't know how to handle it. 
I reflect on a conversation I had earlier this year with someone up in Alaska. I was up on a business trip, and I find that this is an individual that is nondescript. You meet this person in the store, you would never even imagine that they are engaged in as many things as they are. But this is a person that said that in Alaska that they have a way of communicating so that if we lose the power grid, for example, then they're still going to be able to communicate. And it's old-fashioned technology. And someone that you would talk to on the street in the world today would probably say, oh, who would even want to keep all of this stuff? But the key is it's knowing about the past and understanding that some of the things of the past are still usable in the present. We often get stuck in our thinking, failing to realize, and I use an old adage, that we stand on the shoulders of the people that went before us. The utilization of knowledge only serves when it is in harmony with whatever is going on. We are getting information about the solar sunspots and that they can have just tremendous disruption on everything. And look at how we have become so dependent on electricity. We look at wind, we look at solar, and people will say this is the end all of end all. All of those components can totally disappear. They can totally be gone. And that is something that is a fact. So what can you have as another backup? People talk about not having oil, not being able to do this or that or the other, but they're failing to realize that a lot of the things that they're looking at, they're executing a quote-unquote political attitude without really thinking about what they're saying, and they cannot look at what you consider a bigger picture. How are we going to be able to supply those products and services that are needed when you have the products called oil. Now, we can create oil out of algae, but that has been something that is not taken off on a big, big level because it's different. But that was made, that was made possible, by goodness, by nature, with fossilized materials over millions of years, and it's real. It's there. Well, we could use and develop and grow that very essence. I know of people that have done that, and we would still be using oil. And it, it's, it's very difficult to have the kind of thinking that can look at variables that are not going to be harmful, but we also have to understand this relates to anything and everything in life. It is a fascinating phenomenon because we are all so interconnected. We have a global economy that when the Suez Canal is blocked or the Panama Canal, it doesn't have enough water to bring in as many ships as it needs to bring in as it typically has done in the past. Everything is affected. It's what would be called the ripple effect. You have this interconnectedness that is phenomenal. I look at it, and it's exciting to me because it means that there's opportunity for creativity, innovation, and we need to not be afraid of that. And we can have 
so much in our lives that are going to be so greatly improved where we're going to be able, just like Tesla knew over a hundred years ago, that energy could be supplied to every single living element on this planet without harm, we haven't got there yet. We will not get there if we keep our thinking stuck. And thank heavens there are people around the world, around the world, that say, let's look at what we can do differently. And this, this is important, but we have to look at what's the long-term value in our world today. We look at recycling, how much waste. And this uh, statement was made many years ago that if you learn or figure out how to recycle garbage, you'll be a multi-billionaire. <laughs> and that is not a joke. And there's plenty of room on this planet for that to be accomplished. Yes. But it means understanding what it is that we do so that we, for all intents and purposes, have like a closed-loop system that doesn't enable anything to go back into uh, the environment that is going to create harm. So it's creating new standards. And slowly but surely, that's evolving. But it's with people that do think outside the box. But don't just think, but they demonstrate. And that is the key. How do we get to that point? Well, we're going to have to evolve, just like we've had to evolve and understanding the training it takes for a surgeon to perform a quadruple bypass on someone, and that person survives, instead of going to the barber at the barber shop and saying, okay, fix me. I mean, it's, when you think of that time frame, it's relatively a, been a short one. That so is when, amazing. From using a barber to do surgery or dental work or whatever at your local barber shop, to dealing with the sophistication of technologies that we have today. And there's so much more that's available. Life is exciting, James. It is anything but dull and boring. <laughs> you better believe it. We have got the fantastic Donna Sebo with us today. She is absolutely amazing. Uh, so what what do you, what do you think of you know the the way medical technology and things have uh progressed over this last couple years actually i think the progression has sped up because of the pandemic and the reason i think it has sped up is it because people were getting too complacent both in the medical environment as well as in the outside environment of, of people civilians i am excited about what i'm seeing because what I have been made aware of, and again, this is because of the people I have interacted with from around the world. And what I find is, number one, we are respecting how important nutrition is. We are respecting how important it is for doctors to be able, and nurses, to be able to be in the profession that they have joined with the dedication that they had and that they can do it. There is a tremendous rift that is occurring in the medical community by the medical professionals themselves. 
and it does it's not about the money we hear so often about this union or that strike or the other strike but really what these people in these environments are saying is that they've had it they have had it with not being able to be who they really want to be in the medical environment and it is progressing because of the tremendous dedication again of people men and women both around the world in so many different environments saying enough is enough we have to pay attention to the fact that people are individuals we have to pay attention to the fact that a one size with medicine doesn't fix everything with everybody it actually can kill them the amount of lawsuits and ignorance that is being promoted by what I call the old guard in many respects is just outrageous. And we are finally getting to the level, and this is due to technology, we're finally getting to the level where we're going to, and I hope to see it in my lifetime, have individualized medicine. I am looking, and I've seen this in my mind for so many years, where a person will go in to see their physician. They will be able to do a chemical analysis of the physiology of the individual. Not only will they do that, but if there is anything that is bothering them, they will look not just at the DNA genetic history, but they will know enough about chemistry to be able to say, we'll only need a drop of this medication or maybe you need a bucket full of the medication. There's always going to be health issues. There's always going to be challenges of one type or another. But dealing with them on an individual basis is going to be very important. When babies are born, and this is coming, a drop of blood will be able to give information about the best nutritional balance for that child and what is going to be necessary, how we can work with the brain, the nervous system, the muscles, utilizing both nutrition and also medicine, if it's appropriate. There is a whole different culture and understanding that's evolving. And part of that is evolving because all pharmaceuticals come from plants. We can chemically reproduce many of them, but it's not the same in some respects as one would think, but they all originate from plants. We're going to be able in the medical environment to, and it's going to take a lot of training and a lot of education, but I think even that is shifting, where we're going to understand how genetics play a tremendous role in creating that harmony of balance in the body through nutrition. And this is something that is evolving at a very, very quick rate. And again, it's due to technology. That's where your DNA testing and so many other things come into play. And it's becoming more sophisticated as time goes on because of people that are dedicated to finding out more. What is it can we, that we can do to enable a person to enjoy good health, to enable that person to have a quality of life? that otherwise they may not have. We are in stem cell research. The military has been very much engaged in that for a number of years. 
and the science and research that is being accomplished at this time in different facilities around the world, it's amazing. It really is amazing. But what we're learning about is the chemical composition. Chemistry is behind everything on one level or another. And this, we are going to see people not only living longer, but we are going to be able to understand how when we have something that affects us, like the pandemic, it is actually something that's showing us that we cannot take nature for granted and that there is an intelligence in nature for survival that is the very aspect that survives within us. It is how can I reproduce myself so that I am going to be able to survive as I need to survive, and there's nothing new about that at all. It's a different type of thinking that is evolving. And again, it's outside the box of what people typically expect. But we have a personal responsibility as individuals to also continue our own education. And this knowledge and this expansion is happening because there have been so many people dedicated, dedicated to being able to make a difference. And we have become sort of lazy in many respects. We just feel that everything should be right there at our elbow whenever we want it. We don't understand the processes that it takes, the commitment and dedication of people saying, we can do something better. This is what the American thought and spirit has often represented to people around the world. It's that innovation factor. Something's broke, how do we fix it? What do we do? How can we make it better? What do we need to unlearn so that we can move forward? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things ahead. And there, yes, there's a lot of trash and garbage that goes on in life. That's true. But I would challenge anyone, where are you keeping your mind? Where are you keeping your thinking? What are you willing to unlearn so that you can grow and move forward? And that's exactly what's going on right now. That is amazing. <laughs> we have got the fantastic Donna Sebo with us today. She lays it out perfectly. She's like shot out of a cannon today, which is amazing. Uh, you can get more information, DelphiInternational.com for the Donna Sebo show. So Donna, besides all the things going on politically and in the, the, the world around us, uh, do you think that we, that, folks have become better human beings or worse human beings over this year? I think it's typically average just all around. I think what we have is today one of our, our strongest disadvantages that we are experiencing. And again, this is globally. And that is a lack of communication. You know, James, you and I are in media. Communicating with people is our business, and that is something whenever I'm doing a talk, whenever I am even in a social situation, it disturbs me when people do not realize how important it is to have an open conversation where you can agree to disagree, have a debate where you can agree to disagree, but presenting different attitudes 
the presenting different perspectives and being open, being open to, to listening. And when we compartmentalize our lives, when we shut down and say it's only this way or the other way, well, that may not be the case. You know, you can, for example, something very simple. We know that the old saying of cleanliness is next to godliness. Okay? That's great. If you have an environment that is so sanitary where absolutely nothing can grow in it, and that's how you have been, the first thing that comes by as soon as you step out of that environment, you're going to get slammed. Why? Because your body has not built an immune system. And I know this happening with people right here, right now, in today's world, because of being given heavy, heavy doses of antibiotics. So you don't have any immune system. Now, this is a simplistic example. So dirt is not bad, but if you have too much of anything, it can be bad. Or if you have a toxic amount of dirt that's loaded with pesticides or things like this. Um, here in Tacoma, Washington, where I am located, a sarco, a plant, was spewing out all kinds of negative particles and substances. In fact, you don't want to grow anything in the dirt that's around in this area because of the toxicity. You've got to make sure that you have a healthy dirt. But in your dirt, you've got billions, billions, billions. I don't even know the a gazillions, whatever, of microorganisms that exist. And they exist there for the purpose of creating a healthy earth. And the same thing is with our bodies. Our bodies have to have all of these different life forms inside of us, and somebody might say, oh, that's so gross. You don't have them, you're not going to be healthy. We have this dichotomy. So it's the same thing with people. You're going to have people, some that are going to be absolutely fabulous human beings, and you're going to have those that are going to be absolutely gross human beings, and then you're going to have anything and everything in between. This is the uniqueness of life. So it's what are you going to do with it? How are you going to take, if you just focus on yourself, how are you going to be the best you possibly can be? Whatever your skills are, how are you going to be the best? What are you going to do so that your light, if you will, this light of life that you have, how are you going to let it shine? Or are you going to turn it all off and say, oh, the apocalypse is tomorrow. Okay, it's tomorrow. So tomorrow comes. You haven't had the apocalypse. You say, well, it's day after tomorrow. What are you going to do with your mind, your emotions, your attitude? How are you going to take your life? And make your life rich with purpose. Nobody can live in your body but you. Nobody can do anything that you have a special talent for in the way that you're going to do it. How are you going to take this life you have and make this life shine so brightly that people want to know how they can copy you because they say, I want what you've got. Well, you can't have it. You're going to have to earn your own. I'll be there to give instruction if that's what you want, but you have to do the work. There are no shortcuts. At least I haven't found it. So you have to participate in life. And you can have a doomsday attitude. I know of people that every word comes out of the mouth. 
yeah. They, I mean, I know people that if you tell them, oh, I think oranges are fabulous, first thing will come out of their mouth. you got to wash them first because of pesticides. You don't know what it's been thrown in. If it's not this, that, or the other, you're going to die. I mean, I, I know people like this. And you've got to have a good sense of humor and say, well, you're still here, aren't you? <laughs> oh, I know. Ah, yes. Okay. So what it. are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to have an enthusiasm about life? Are you willing to read? Pick up a book. Read. Have a book club. Have, talk to somebody that thinks differently than you do. Get out of the cemetery of thinking and realize that you've got classics that, that are out there. I am telling you, I read 400 to 600 publications a year. And you cannot be the same person that you are when you are reading and expanding your thinking, your world. You may learn how to cook eggs 550,000 different ways. That's wonderful if you like eggs. If you don't like eggs, do something else. It's important to be aware that this is a gift that you have and that as human beings, we have the right of choice. No matter what circumstances are around us, what are you going to do in the moment that you're living right here, right now, to make this world a better place, to make your world a better place, which is an example for other people who think their world is in the trash can? Nope. Get out your mental garbage disposal and turn on the switch and trash what is no longer valid and look at what else you can bring into this world. Recycle thinking. Recycle what you've got so you make it better. It really is a wonderful experience, this life, even with the bad stuff that can occur, because it's a challenge for you. What is it that you're going to step up and into that's going to show people that they, too, can stand up, step into a better environment? Each and every one of us have to, has the opportunity to do this. We have that opportunity, but we're the only ones that can take the action. Well, that is amazing. <laughs> that is just fantastic. Donna Sebo with us today, and we are doing a um, uh, our year-end review and what's ahead uh, for the year with our good friend Donna Sebo. So, Donna, you've been traveling a lot. Talk to us about some of the different places that you went in this year. Well, actually, I haven't traveled as much as I would like, so I have to make that correction because I was doing my six radio shows a week and then doing the additional television programming. My schedule has just really, really been packed, and, of course, I also work with clients as well. But I will say I have traveled in a different way. And I have traveled to my interactions with people that have been guests on my shows. And one of, I think, one of the most fascinating conversations that I had was with a young man. His last name is Ayuk. And he is in Africa. And we were talking about what he was seeing for his country as well as for the individual states within his country, and his thinking, along with the mentorship that he received from a very, very fine man 
he is of the younger generation that is saying we are ready for changes. And it really reminded me a great deal of what our founding fathers for the United States, what they were going through and what they had to do to bring a consolidation together of thinking. And that was not an easy task. You know, in the 1700s, and it's just as equally difficult in today's world. So I was able to see his vision and how he perceived his own nation and his own country in a much different way than I think it was perceived by others that were around him of the older generation. It is a fascinating thing to be aware of different cultures and different belief systems and to see the evolution. And it's because of our technology today of communication. I wouldn't have had this opportunity 20 years ago. I've been doing my shows now for 23 years. And I, I look at that and I go, gee, our communication capability has expanded to such a degree that the cooperation of thinking and objective action is much more likely to occur because of what I call the openness of communication. And it's, it's really fascinating to see. So whether it's with someone in the United States, and again, I interview people. I did an interview this morning with someone in Connecticut. I've been, you know, I've interviewed somebody from just about every state in the union here in the United States. And frequently I'm amazed at the people that I've interviewed in other countries around the world. And we're so much alike. We are so much alike. So I'm looking forward to the time frame when we get past this issue of, what do I want to say, race, uh, but it is if you're a different color of skin from me, that's fine. Who cares? What kind of person are you? And getting past a lot of what we call compartmentalized thinking about people, the environments they come from, I'm astonished just by observing things on YouTube, how we see people from around the world, but we don't realize that we all have the same things in common. And how technology, where in some of the poorest countries in the world, people have cell phones. Excuse me? They've got cell phones? Really? And you look at so many other things. I got an education from someone that was from Holland just the other evening when there was a gathering. And I go... I didn't know that about Holland. I didn't know this, that, or the other about, you know, Ireland. I didn't know this, that, or the other about Australia. And you look at all of this, and communication, openness of communication. People have isolated themselves, and this occurred big time with COVID. But we have to remember, we are all on this planet, and there's a whole bunch of us, and... We have to pay attention to the fact that we have more in common than not. And diversity is what makes life rich. We're not going to all fit in the same, the same compartmentalization as so often we like to put people in. No. 
we are individuals and we are also part of the human race. And that's quite an expansive statement in my view. And when you can take that shift and stop labeling people with outdated, uninformed, relative information, I mean, really, we, 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 we dumb ourselves down, I think. We dumb ourselves assuming so many things when we really shouldn't. But I'll tell you what, I think that there is so much happening, and I delight in a lot of the young people and the opportunities that they have for seeing things that many of us who are older would say, gee, that wasn't available to me, but it's now available to just about anybody that's willing to open their minds, their attitudes, and change their perspectives, like I said, that just need to be shucked off, ground up, recycled, and put into a much healthier format. That is amazing. Thank you for asking, James. Well, they can just Google my name, Donna Sebo, S like Sam, E E B like boy O. Believe me, stuff will pop up. And then they can also go directly to each of my websites. One is Delphi, D-E-L-P-H-I, international.com. The other is Mrs. Sebo's classics.com. That's where all my publications are. Also, the television show, the Donna Sebo Show Special Edition, is up on YouTube, and the links to both YouTube as well as to the television programs that are also on my website. All those links are available, and they can just go to my DelphiInternational.com website. And the Donna Sebo Show, radio show, there is a link and if you Google things, and you'll find the link. That'll take you directly to the show page. And there's the player the, where the latest 13 to 15 hours of programming is in rotation, 24-7. And then there are also the archives. And the archives are available 24-7, and you just tap on the network page. You just tap on the tower and you'll find that the previous programs are there, and they're available 24-7. And then my show itself is broadcast 8 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. That's my daily show, Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. And then Warriors for Peace is my other show that I do every week, and that is from 7 to 8 p.m. on Wednesday. That's only done, again, once a week, but the programming, the information, my newsletter, the television shows, you can find out all about that on my website. And James, I know we're coming to the close of our conversation. I want to thank you very much for this opportunity of being on your show, and I know you interview people from all over as well, and you've been engaged with your programming for a number of years, too, and thank you for having me as your guest. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's one, of the, one of the things that I love doing every year. Uh, I put it on a list, and I always make sure that I, that I get with you, and we always try to have a conversation at least once or twice a year. Uh, 
this fabulous uh, new year. Thank you, Donna. Appreciate it, my friend. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's how it ends. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.